I have done it. I have hit record. Cool. It's good. And 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 because I I'm I don't need training wheels. We don't need to do the um the thunder lightning thing. Is this really how you want to start things off? <laughs> Is this a decision you feel comfortable making? <laughs> Seems dangerous for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I hate you so much. I hate so much about the way you choose to be. Welcome to episode 124 of the Damage Control Podcast and the latest edition of the Damage Report. I'm John, I'm just one half this podcasting super team, and like always, it is my privilege to introduce my co-host and the, um, well, Captain Marvel to my old lady on the subway. Here is Ryan. I punch you in the face. In the face! We both fly the geek flag proudly, but for different reasons. For example, I read comic books. And I went to film school in the face. Which makes us the perfect duo to review the latest superhero movie or sci-fi blockbuster and bring you all the news and notes from the geek media universe and somewhere along the way. We'll tell you what we're watching, tell you whether or not you should watch it too. Good evening, bitch. (laughs) What's up, you little bastard? (laughs) I'm just carrying over the animosity from previous episodes. (laughs) How's it going? And this is what I get for uh, forgetting to write an opening comparison. Because today was busy. I knew it was going to be busy. And so I had like a spare 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put the run sheet together real quick. But nothing immediately came to mind for the opening comparison. Uh, and you filled it in, which you haven't had to do in a while. So that's okay. Yeah. And I, I waited quite a while. I don't think I did it until like after 5. Oh. Oh. Uh, well, anyway, I left myself open for one that's not too... Uh, doesn't look too good on the old JB. It involves you punching me in the face. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I mostly am just in love with that part of the Captain Marvel trailer where she punches the old lady in the face. Yes. That's what would, that's a reference to, listeners, in case you're yes. super confused right now. Yeah. I would watch a whole movie about Brie Larson punching old ladies in the face. I, I think that that says that there's something deeply and disturbingly wrong with you. And no, I just should probably it's such seek a, therapy. Check this out. It's such a striking image uh, oh. that I was taken with it. And I would want to see like a whole movie about like why that would happen over and over again. Well, I, I think the, the bit, well, you know what's happening, right? I mean, I would imagine she's a scree or a scroll or. Oh, okay. A, the the a, first one a, was nothing. The second one was the correct answer. Yeah. So right. some kind of, guessing, some kind of shape-shifting alien correct yeah so that's uh that's interesting i i think uh, if she were to do it multiple times it probably loses effect so i don't know if you could fill out an entire feature length film with just brie larson <laughs> punching people in the face what if what if that's just what they want us to think and there's actually a con- like a, a a contrivance in the plot that leads her to punch an old woman in the face who's not a shape-shifting alien well, they've done a couple like uh, comic miniseries called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. They've they've done it twice now, 
and in which Deadpool kills everyone in the Marvel universe. So what if they have like a version, something like that, something inspired by that, but instead it's just Captain Marvel punches all the old ladies in the Marvel universe. I would watch that movie. What if that's Aunt uh, Aunt May from? She looks kind of like Aunt May from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Yeah, what if she's, I, I think what the if current she, Aunt May would put up a bit of a fight. Yeah, no, but old Aunt May from that one. Yeah, maybe she traveled to that version of the old Marvel Aunt May universe. would crumple into a pile of dust if she were to be struck by by Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good response. Good reaction. I've, I've run out of steam on this topic. <laughs> it's amazing that we got this far with it but we did i'm not gonna be the one to transition into the thing that you added to opening chit chat that's not what i'm here to do so if you're gonna if you're gonna broach that topic you're gonna have to do it on your own accord pal well well <laughs> i just wanted to acknowledge uh that in the last episode john told me a story that was one of the funniest things he's ever told me no, As one of the no, hardest because, I've ever not because, laughed no, on the show. No, anytime you've ever laughed really hard on the show, it's been of your own making because you've done or said something stupid. Or I've done and said, so, okay, I see what's happening here. Yeah. But here's the thing. It didn't really... It wasn't that the story was super great because apparently you don't love how I tell stories. It wasn't that. It wasn't necessarily that like my comedic timing was excellent and it inspired you into fits of, of, of cackling it's that I did something stupid to myself, and yes. you benefited from that knowledge. You, yeah, the thing that you did was so stupid that it like had me in peals of laughter, and then John, flexing his editorial control, decided to word. cut it from the episode without even telling me. So that I told one of our loyal listeners, yes. Tara, I told her, hey. Normally, I know you don't listen past like the spoiler section of the review episodes because she doesn't really see any movies. But you need to listen to the last like ten minutes of this episode because John tells a story that's hilarious. And I'm now beginning to think she's going to need to change our format because I know of several of our loyal listeners that never watch the movies we discuss. I mean, Tara has uh, suggested in the past that we just cut the review episode and only do damage reports because that's all she listens to and she loves it. Oh man, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we're coming up on year two. Maybe a format change is in our uh, future. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay, Ryan. Yeah. Yes. No. I I didn't tell you because it it became uh, it was a fun secret to have for like twelve hours. Uh, Sunday was a long day, so let's talk through how that day went because that's when we recorded that episode and the day that I edited edited it. I just struggle with the word edit in general. Maybe that's what's happening. Edited and editorial. All right, I got it. Uh, we recorded that morning, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Bright and early in the 9 o'clock hour. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I don't think I really did anything with it immediately because, of course, it's football season. The next thing my brain goes to as soon as we like hang up the call is making sure my fantasy football roster looks good and, you know, watching all the stuff I need to watch prior to the start of the games. Uh, well, my Green Bay Packers were playing at noon in a nationally televised game, so that's kind of all I was really thinking about, and it was a stressful game, Ryan. It ended in a tie 
football games rarely end in ties, but now we've had two in two weeks. The NFL, not not the Packers. But the Packers tied the Vikings. It's a stressful experience for me. And Ryan, despite the early hour in the day, I may have had a few beverages in order to help temper my anxiety related to the sports. Okay? So I by the that game by the by the time that game was over and we were into the three o'clock games I decided I need to take a nap. I woke up from that nap feeling rested, and it occurred to me that I still needed to edit the episode. So I had plenty of time between when I told that story and we wrapped the episode and when I edited it. And in that amount of time, I, I came to my senses and decided that it's probably not always in my best interest uh, to be as open and honest with my dumb foibles that don't necessarily make me look good so i uh i flex my edited editorial muscles and i feel great about it well i have have it within my power to recant recount the story to the listeners but right you now. wouldn't do that but i'm not gonna do and it i have to respect. i have the power to s- scream nonsense words for the next 15 minutes but i won't do that yeah, but I edit this episode, and so I could just mute your track <laughs> during the part where I'm trying to tell the story. Or I could record it separately and add it later as you recorded your little funny little thing later to as to cover up the edit that you made. Uh, but I'm not going to do that because I'm okay. going to respect your wishes. You're, you're the bigger man. <laughs> In more ways the, than one. <laughs> the better um. man. That was not a size joke. That's not what that was. Uh, so I'm not going to was- tell the listeners. I will take it to my grave unless you decide to uh, hashtag release the tape. Um, <laughs> release the tapes. It was pretty funny, though, the way that it played out in real life. Because uh, on Monday morning, I kind of forgot about it. I mean, I was laughing to myself as I was editing it because I, I thought, like, this is going to be funny. Like, if... if the joy and satisfaction I'm going to get out of this is going to come from Ryan listening to it. <laughs> and I didn't want to like tip you off in any way. I wanted you to come by it naturally. Cause it would have been even better had you like not listened to the episode. Cause I don't know how often you listen. Uh, I assume just like I do, you listen to every episode for quality control purposes. <laughs> but, uh, uh, not oh, always. Go ahead. No, not I don't always. always listen to the episode since you've been editing. I have just because, Oh, because oh, you don't I trust me because there's no, no trust in this relationship. No, because I have to listen to the episode to edit it. So by the time I've edited it, then I don't – I've already listened to it once. But now that you're editing them, it's like I can listen to it with new ears. Yeah. Um, but as it happens, I uh, I did not listen to the episode Monday morning. I was at work, and all of a sudden I start getting these like really weird texts from Richard – and he's saying like he didn't he didn't finish the story and I'm like what are you talking about like he he didn't finish it and I was like what did the episode get cut off or what and he was like go to 58 minutes and 10 seconds and so I went and I was like what I'm gonna what yeah so 9:04 a.m. on Monday I get the following text the first one says you'll never get away with this. He was so mad he didn't even include a period at the end of that sentence. The next one only says the word betrayal in all caps. The third one says chicanery in all caps. And then accompanied by a gif of that dude from Seinfeld saying preposterous. It's outrageous, egregious, preposterous. That's Jackie Childs. That's right. 
Right. I was shocked so anyway, and chagrined. Ryan said this will not stand. Uh, it's it's been it's been kind of funny. Uh, loyal D one Jamie apparently was listening to the episode today. Uh, or something. So she texts me this morning at seven fifteen, which is too early for text, JB. Come on. She said, "What you happened text to him your face?" Whenever you want. Jamie. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Uh, and I sent a you know a gift response, but then I said, "My face is beautiful. I am made in the image of my creator and am flawless." And, <laughs> and then and then she said, "Pick please. Sorry, I can form my uh, so I can form my own theory." And I very humorously because that's what I am. I'm humorous. I sent her a picture of the Phantom of the Opera with his mask on. Nice. Yeah, because I think the mystery is even better. Because I, I, I did say, I told you, and I kept the audio where I described my wound, which is just a few marks on, on, my, on my facial region. And now yeah. it's, it's, barely, it's barely there. But I, I think just leaving it open-ended it probably had her wondering if I look like a burn victim. I do not. For the record, I do not look like a burn victim, but I did burn my face. And no, I'm not going to tell you how it happened. Not yet. Yeah, one day. Well, see, that was the problem. Like, I, again, Ryan, my Achilles heel is my, my love for bold proclamation. So I was in the midst of, like, because uh, it was, it was the, my closing thoughts. And I said very strongly that something, one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me by myself happened. It was really embarrassing. It involved injuring myself, but I'm not going to tell you. And then you poked and you prodded, but not you weren't super aggressive. Um, but, you know, I just I can't help myself. You. Yeah. Yeah, you, a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, and at, at some point as I was going, I completely 180 turn on my bold proclamation and decided to tell it. I just need to stick with, I need to stick with my gut on these things. So, anyway, that's the story. It was a funny story. It's too bad well, listeners aren't going to get to hear it. Hashtag I say, tapes. Okay, first of all, don't pretend like the, the fate of our podcast <laughs> rests with me releasing the story. It's not that good. It's pretty. St- <laughs> if anything, it's going to drive listeners away because be like, man, that guy sounds kind of smart on the show, but he's an idiot. <laughs> it was a really dumb thing to do. Oh, man. Colossal, colossally stupid. See, I tried to say a big word and didn't work out. Are we done? Can we stop talking yes. about my face? Sure, please. All right. Instead of talking about my face, we're going to talk about this podcast and how you should subscribe to it because it's awesome. If you haven't subscribed already, which you should, at this point there's truly no excuse. The only actual excuse would be that you're just now discovering it. If you discovered it before and you listen all the time, then subscribe in your own way at this point you know whatever podcatcher you listen to us on because we're widely available even if you're just going into soundcloud listen to it you can follow us from soundcloud so you should find some way to express your commitment and your loyalty to the damage control podcast uh if you would like to take your commitment and loyalty a step further you can write us a review give us that five star rating to keep that going especially in the apple podcast app because that helps us find new listeners well we don't find them they find us that's how that that works so listen to all these words that i've said in some jumbled fashion and follow them isn't that right ryan yes very convincing well thought out response thanks hey are you ready yes
have you been replaced by a robot? <laughs> no, I was just mentally debating whether or not I should say, Crank it, Glenn! You are looking live. Live from New York! We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And now, no, no, no. It's, it's time, time for the for Geek, geek Media, Media Live! Oh, do you want to? I already did. It's done. It happened. Oh, okay. Well, I guess this is where we, we start then. See how you shoot... Th- oh, man. See how you threw the whole show off? See how you <laughs> did that? Uh-huh. I feel kind of lost now that I haven't said it. Cricket, well, you- Glenn! <laughs> Nailed it. That's right. It's time for the Geek Media Minute, which is a segment where I don't have to bend time and space bringing all the news and notes in the Geek Media Universe. And Ryan... I'm going to put you on the spot here. I did not give you any warning, but last Wednesday was a busy day for me because that's the day that I I have my class. Yep. And I'm I'm always doing a lot of last minute preparations. You texted me more times in that day than you ever have, I think, (laughs) because there was a lot of confusing breaking news and the whole day was a, was a circus. It was a whirlwind of, of Superman related news and it started with the report from, I believe, the Hollywood Reporter that Henry Cavill, or Cavill, however Cavill. you want to say his name, it's up to you. I mean, pronunciation is a personal choice, right? You can say it however you want. Uh, anyway, that Henry Cavill uh, and his <laughs> mustache um, will no longer be serving as the uh, the caped crusader. No, that's Batman. Sorry, my brain is jumbled while I'm looking at things. Uh, he will no longer be Superman. And uh, it was based on unconfirmed sources, which is always a, a, a bit iffy. So, Ryan, can you walk me through how that, that day and, and those pieces of news played out for you? Uh, what do you I, remember? What do you know? I remember Richard texting me. and like the, I don't the need Hollywood the personal details. Story. I don't need to know where you were or anything. I'm, I'm not going to tell you where I was. I'm just trying to You're tell on the you toilet. how the story of... No, I was walking around campus. Uh, my response was what? And then I read it. Um, and then I immediately uh, said to him, which I also said to you, uh, which is this is all unconfirmed at this point, and it sounds like they were in the middle of negotiations, and it, so this might not really be legit. It could be a negotiating tactic from one side or the other, leaking the story to the press to uh, give themselves a better position that position at the bargaining table. Uh, and. I haven't super followed up on it, but I don't know that the reports have been confirmed still. Um, yeah, it's 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 all within a day. Very fascinating developments. Uh, I think the original report from Hollywood Reporter uh, said something to the effect that uh, Cavill, Cavill, Cavill uh, was supposed to uh, had the opportunity to play a brief cameo in Shazam, which comes out this spring, uh, but he couldn't because of scheduling conflicts. So yeah, I, I don't know if your your theory about it being um, a negotiating tactic is all that far off. Immediately after, within the next couple of hours, there was a report from Deadline that that Warner Brothers was contemplating Michael B. Jordan for the role, which obviously would constitute a pretty serious reboot. Um, but he's so hot right now, that Michael B. Jordan. And I'm all for that. I'm all for that kind of shift. But those were also very unconfirmed. In the midst of this, you have Warner Brothers not really 
their i don't know future of the dc the worlds of dc as their cinematic universe is called less of a focus on on superman uh obviously we we talked about a supergirl movie on its way and i'm guessing he's not going to play a role in that so now you have michael b jordan uh, potentially attached to it and then henry's i'm gonna call him by his first name so i can avoid the whole last name thing his agent uh tweeted a response to say be peaceful the cape is still in his closet says warner brothers has been and continues to be our partners as they evolve the dc universe anticipate a wb statement later today so that kind of said something without saying anything i guess and then wb uh issued a statement saying while no decisions have been made regarding any upcoming superman films we've always had great respect for and a great relationship with henry cavill and that remains unchanged again not a whole lot of meat on those bones mm-hmm. and then uh mr cavill cavill himself on his instagram posts this very confusing video that could be cryptic. unrelated yes but it, it feels cryptic in nature he's wearing a krypton lifting team t-shirt and he looks majestic as always doesn't he that man's face I is mean... chiseled from granite <laughs> Anyway, he's wearing this t-shirt, and he, to the tune of what Blue Danube with dogs barking, he lifts a Superman action figure into frame and then lowers it. And, and that, was, that was pretty much it. That, that's confusing. I don't know how to read into that. So that's where we are. Question mark. Yeah, until they uh, announce a new like, until there's like officially a contract signed for a new Superman, I'm gonna assume that Henry Cavill is still Superman. Yeah, this is my least favorite part about uh, reporting on the uh, the geek media universe, like I do, like I do so well. I'm an accomplished journalist. I report on other people's reports, uh, but this, the ca- casting that, that it's it's so frustrating. I mean, because nothing is ever in stone until it's in stone. And everything before that is just wild speculation. Yeah. Which ends up making some people look stupid. Not me, because I'm only reporting on what other people are reporting. Right. But I could totally see, like, whatever... It just it seems like the negotiations over the scheduling of Shazam, like, got blown into, like, a bigger negotiation over what Henry Cavill would do overall. And I could see, like, his team linking a story that he was out... And then in retaliation, WB leaking a story that Michael B. Jordan might be in. And then everyone's sort of like taking a minute to be like, let's cool our jets, guys. Let's 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 yeah. talk about this like rational adults. Sure. And meanwhile, all the all the folks over at uh, Mother Mouse Eared, the Disney Corporation and, and the fine folks at Marvel Studios, probably they have to be laughing to themselves. Yeah. Or at the very least, have a, a shit-eating grin on their face because this is this is just perfect DC Studios or whatever they call themselves. I mean, Warner it's Brothers. not like Marvel hasn't had their share of like meltdowns. Edgar Wright leaving, sure, Patty Jenkins sure. being fired, uh, James Gunn being fired. Like this happens at Marvel yeah. too. Yeah, and not to say that it, but in terms of like core cast and clear direction. Marvel's had that going, you know, like they, they all wanted to be in more movies to the point that they've, you know, appeared in so many different movies that we've lost count at this point, especially someone like, uh, Robert Downey Jr. So, and, and talk about people who are like loyal to a T man. Those are, those are 
those guys care about the MCU, and I think it's just it's an interesting point of juxtaposition. That is all. It is. Plus, it is. I'm a Marvel I'm a Marvel fanboy. I have to say things like that. Right. Got uh, it. Speaking of interesting things on the Instagrams, uh, Todd Phillips, who's the director of one of many Joker projects, he uh, posted a picture of Joaquin Phoenix, I guess, in character as the Joker, but pre his transformation. And it just says Arthur, and it's it's an interesting look for old Joaquin. He definitely looks like someone who would ask me for change outside of a quick trip. <laughs> the thing that would be so interesting is like like what if they hadn't told us it was a Joker movie? You know, like it's just yeah. a movie being released by Warner Brothers, and they got Todd Phillips directing it, and they've got this cast, which no longer includes Alec Baldwin, by the way. Right? Yeah. No, that's um, my last story. What happened there? I missed that one who knows um but like just like imagine if they just if they just hadn't said what it was and they gave it whatever title it's gonna have uh, i guess if it's gonna be called the joker then a, that would be a bad title for a surprise um but like they could have hidden that and it could have been like a huge surprise and it would have been super fun it would they would have out split split yeah but that's not gonna happen because Why not? because if you announce that it's a joker movie that immediately guarantees it a hundred million dollars right i mean I if guess. the goal is to put butts in seats you don't make your project a mystery split did it and that's impressive but split didn't make and i don't remember what its box office returns looks like looked like but it's probably not going to make as much money as your as this movie but i could be wrong what do i know i know nothing i'm just, I'm just saying like i feel like at this point warner brothers has very little to lose because they've already hit rock bottom it would be Ooh, interesting for them to that is an ex- indictment experiment and do some interesting things imagine the like the way the word would get out about that movie right like they released this movie and it has like a 30 million dollar opening weekend like no big deal um but then you start to hear from people on like facebook and twitter like you can see like the thursday night screenings right happen and then around 9 or 9 30 all of a sudden you start seeing like oh my god guys you have to go see Arthur or whatever the fuck this movie's called it would be called you know like don't google it you have to go see it you have to go see it and like slowly people start to go see it and continue to encourage their friends holy shit that would be so cool it would be cool this is probably another sign that we might be getting a little bored uh, because this is now the second time we've talked about wanting to know as little as possible going into a movie you know because we talked about it with Avengers 4 yeah but, you know, I guess not everyone is as bored as we are. I'm not bored. I'm, I'm great. I Speaking mean, of I don't Avengers know that 4- I wouldn't oh. call it being bored. I would just, like... You want to be surprised. I want to be surprised, yeah. And, like, it and how been often are we surprised surprise. by major studios? Not very, often. Very rarely. Right. Uh, I was trying to make a natural segue, but you stepped Sorry. all over it, you jerk. Uh, we already knew this, but the internet being what it is jeremy renner is in avengers 4 he wasn't in infinity war his absence was uh was glaring but he he also all these stories are about stuff that's happening on instagram um that's not what my instagram looks like anyway jeremy renner posted a picture of him on a day after uh reshoots for avengers 4 so he's in it but we already knew that because he's got his cool new jeremy renner haircut cool guy haircut well i haven't seen Uh, that yeah anyway uh ryan Michael yeah. B. Jordan yep. recently in the news, like Why? five minutes ago in the news. Oh, okay. um, 
but you like him quite a bit and yep. you liked his character in uh in in 2018's black panther movie correct <laughs> yes but you don't really like comic books it's tr- true yeah the medium i like the stories i don't like reading the the books indeed as you've told us uh anyway the character eric killmonger uh, which is, and this happens from time to time when, when the movies influence the comic books and the, the look of characters uh, begin to change to, to more match what, what people have seen on screen. But Eric Kill, Killmonger is getting his own five-part limited series starting in December. And that's all I have to say. Maybe might, you know, pique your interest a little bit. And then, as you already mentioned, uh, I had come out a couple weeks ago and said that Alec Baldwin was going to be uh, Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father in Todd Phillips' Joker film. But according to a comic book, that's not going to happen. Apparently, Alec Baldwin had scheduling conflicts. It's everybody's excuse. That's like the the movie studio equivalent of washing my hair. (laughs) Or uh, wanting to spend more time with my family. Oh my gosh, that is what it is. That's a good one. Anyway, Brett Cullen is now cast as Thomas Wayne brett cullen on a note of geek media he was uh he was previously in the movie ghost rider which is not uh not a good thing for him I'm but he sure also he... appeared as a congressman in the dark knight rises yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty sure he was in, in another batman movie uh you don't watch football this is my last story uh oh, you don't God, watch football. football story this is a football story but this just goes to show i think when when disney bought marvel the question was always going to be like how are these are there ever going to be moments where these brands interact and what is that going to look like? And of course there are plenty of examples, but I thought this was an interesting one. Uh, during Monday night football last night, um, the Seahawks versus the bears, uh, they had this really cool graphic to basically to explain how, uh, Seattle's defense formerly known as the Legion of boom. Um, you know, they were what, uh, got them so many super bowls, not so many super bowls, but one super bowl, uh, most of those members of the Legion of Boom are gone, and they had this cool little graphic with a, a, an infinity gauntlet uh, and a finger snap and watching most of the players fade into dust. And I wow. thought that was cool. And not only was it an infinity gauntlet, but it was an infinity gauntlet with the New England Patriots logo, and in place of the stones, the infinity stones, little Super Bowl trophies. I thought that was pretty clever. It's interesting how like something so nerdy is become part of the zeitgeist. I'm telling you, this is this is the time. Not that there is never not but a time, but it's much more culturally acceptable. I hate even saying that, but it's true. Geek culture is mainstream culture. Those are one yeah. and the same. It's interesting that I sent the Captain Marvel trailer to my friend Colleen today. And uh, she was just like, I'm so excited. I have to see this. And then I was like, okay, but you know, you got to see Infinity War first, right? And then she was immediately just like, why are you doing this to me, Ryan? And I was like, hey, look, it's not my fault. It's it's Marvel. It's their fault. You got to like, you know, she's seen bits and pieces of the different Marvel movies. And I've been trying to mm. tell her like which ones she needs to see to be prepared for Captain Marvel and all that. See, yeah. And it creates opportunities for cool people like us to, uh, cl- you know, clue in our clueless friends. It's good. I would not say that Colleen is clueless. I don't know her. wasn't insulting her. I just she didn't seem clued in about this particular topic. uh, You kind of insinuated that she was clueless. I think you should apologize to Colleen. All right, hold on. Let me prepare for this. Fuck your face, Colleen. (laughs) 
That's the second time Colleen has been insulted on this show. You realize Wait, that, what? right? I don't keep I don't keep track of this shit. Are you serious? Yes. You said Colleen, fuck I'm you, sure Colleen many episodes oh, ago. Oh wow. Why do I get inspired? what is it about the name that a uh, Colleen that just drags out foul language and in the previous context it's because Colleen wasn't listening to the show, but Well, well fuck you, Colleen <laughs> Wow. Anyway. She's going to listen to this part because <laughs> our mutual friend Tara will make sure she hears it. Okay. Can we just stop name dropping? There's been a lot of name dropping this episode. <laughs> I have friends too. Uh, you uh, set me up very nicely by bringing up the Captain Marvel trailer, which dropped this morning. And this morning being Tuesday, this episode won't come out until Wednesday night. But anyway, Ryan, what are your uh, quick reactions to that trailer? Uh, I think it looks really cool. Um, I loved that it opened in a blockbuster movie theater. A movie yeah, uh, that store. sold me. You that had was me super at blockbuster. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then I think it looks really interesting. I don't understand what's happening in the trailer, and I'm totally fine with that. I know there's something to do with screes or whatever it okay, is. You can't get um, it wrong twice willingly when you know what, what is it, it again? is. I've, it's scroll scrolls okay so i know there's some sort of shape-shifting alien thing that's the most that i want to know i don't want to know who jude law's character is supposed to be it is jude law john not ewan mcgregor thank you um no problem like uh i yeah i honestly i love how like uh opaque the trailer is like you don't get to me i have no idea what that movie's about other than like she came from space but maybe she might have been from earth to begin with that's the most i got out of that trailer um and i thought it looked awesome yeah it's it's interesting because well one it makes me look a bit like a liar i had reported on uh entertainment weekly's reports on the movie when they did their big spread on it a couple weeks ago that it was not supposed to be an origin story and i'm I'm guessing it's not going to be a traditional origin story but they're obviously touching on her origin in her human and Cree connections. Uh, my other thoughts from this trailer, I I'm excited for one. I think that the, the look, uh, her, her, her look is great. I think she looks great in the suit and in the role. Uh, I think she, she's probably going to end up doing a stellar job. I think they probably didn't do the, they, they did her kind of a disservice because whatever, uh, you know, voiceover, or if those are actually lines pulled from the movie itself, uh, they're all the same tonally. Like it's very much kind of uh, monotone and soft-spoken, and it's the same cadence. So it's like, is she delivering her lines in the same way, like throughout the movie? That can't be true. But uh, do you know? I mean, can you can you remember it well enough to know what I'm talking about? I guess I know what you talk what, talk, what you're talking about, but it did not stick out to me as weird. It was just okay, and I'm not saying necessarily weird, but that, that's what it felt like. It, it didn't have a whole lot of uh, emotion behind. It. it felt very robotic. Your um, face doesn't have a lot of emotion behind it. Your face is robotic. Of all days, and burned to, to personally attack my face. You choose it. Choose today when I'm <laughs> injured. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you while you're down. Apparently, uh, but yeah, I, I think it looks good. Uh, it's you know obviously a big part of it focuses on Samuel Jackson as uh, Nick Fury, uh, l- trying to look younger by having hair in both eyes, and sunglasses. Clark Gregg as Agent Phil Coulson uh, shows up briefly as well. So exciting uh, to see them. Uh, but yeah, I mean it basically just showed you a lot of. It felt like a, a sizzle reel. Shows you a lot of cool stuff, but doesn't necessarily give you a lot of context. I like that. exciting 
I still took I, you that, a full twelve seconds. To well, say I wasn't sure that you were done. It wasn't twelve seconds, motherfucker. Um, the other thing that I thought that I just I I keep sort of marveling over. Heyo, hey-o. Um, is that Captain Marvel comes out less than thirty days before Avengers four. Um, like it's just it's crazy. Like I don't know that we've ever had two Marvel movies come out in this close proximity to each other. I don't know that that's happened. No, it's weird. Uh, we could get the intern on that to fact check, but yeah, it's interesting. And it obviously, you know, we've said this before, but that means they're going to be a very close connection between what we're getting in Captain Marvel and what we will get in Avengers four. But it's, it's interesting though. Like I, I, I suspect slash no or whatever that Captain Marvel will in some way tie into infinity war and Avengers four. That's like a suspicion that I have. And I know it's share a suspicion that's shared by a lot of folks, but we don't know that. And no, we know that. How do we know it? She was on set of Avengers 4. We know that. But, okay, fine. People that pay attention to that sort of thing, I guess, know it. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm curious, like, how much is the culture at large going to know it? And will enough people have, like, seen Captain Marvel to understand whatever's going on in Avengers 4. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, with, whatever with happens, in, whatever happens in her movie is going to have to stand on its own. For sure. Like, it, it can't be... What it feels like, and you're going to have to help me come up with a word for it, but what it feels like is is Avengers uh, Infinity War was Act 1, uh, and Avengers 4 is Act 2, and then there's something in the middle. Uh, something that comes between those two things like like a prelude but uh, uh but in the middle is there a word for that no that's not how structure works at all um yeah i don't Could know you say that in a less condescending way <laughs> no i can't you want to retry <laughs> no uh it's just like i guess i think it's less about whatever happens in captain marvel needing to stand on its own and more about whatever happens in Captain Marvel that affects Avengers 4, they need to somehow quickly communicate it at the beginning of Avengers 4. Or in so, like there needs to be some exposition dump in Avengers 4 for whatever percentage of the crowd hasn't seen Captain Marvel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. there's a bunch of people that are going to be like, who the fuck is this? Or like, what yeah. is this about? Well, I mean, I guess that's partly the, the risk in... Uh, using her, uh, you know, as a character, since she's not one that just the average, you know, the average viewer probably has a whole lot of familiarity with. So yeah, you're not wrong, but is, you're it, not it also, nice like, though. <laughs> it also could be genius, right? Because you and I have friends that aren't as plugged into this, right? Like my dad is not plugged into this. My dad only sees the ones I tell him like, cause he's interested in the Avengers movies and he's interested in a couple of the heroes, but not all of them. So he'll ask me or my brother about like, which ones does he need to see so that he can keep seeing the Avengers movies. And if I tell him like, look, Avengers four is coming out. I know you really want to see that. You got to see Captain Marvel first. He'll go see it. You know, like he'll make mm-hmm. sure he's seen it. Like it is, is that part of the strategy? Like this, like, insane yeah. word of mouth campaign I mean I think Captain Marvel is going to be huge for the same uh, for a lot of the same reasons Wonder Woman was huge like sure. it looks good it's got a lot of like cultural momentum behind it it's a Marvel movie like I think all that's there but I think there also might be this thing where it becomes like a mega hit in its first 30 days because you've uh, provided it does provide some kind of information about Avengers 4 somewhere in there you're going to have all these people telling their friends like you got it you got to go see it. you got to go see it you know 
yeah, it'll be cur- uh, curious to see how all that plays out. It'll yeah. also be very weird, you know, uh, for for that that season for the seasonal movie wager because those oh, will both God. be spring, right? They will. That's gonna be yeah. so weird. That will be what weird. If, what if Captain Marvel, because it's out four weeks longer than Avengers four in right. the season, makes like we're gonna have makes to decide between yeah, those two. Yeah, which one will make more money in the season? That's, That's going to be very interesting. That's crazy. Mother Mother Mouse here is dominating the game right now, while yeah. Warner Brothers tries to figure out who the fuck is Superman. And now for look at the box office. Here's Ryan. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. all these numbers come from fuck you, John. All these numbers come from box office mojo. <laughs> Fucking face. <laughs> Uh, last weekend, the Predator opened at twenty four million dollars. Its budget, I forget what it was. I said it on the our Facebook group. I think it was like eighty eight million dollars, eighty six million dollars, something like that. Um, it would need a multiplier of like three point six to Ain't gonna make, happen. It's not going to happen because no. yeah, it's not good. People aren't liking it. Not many anyway. What uh, was the? Uh, I feel like I read something that it was the worst opening weekend for something, something, something. I, for the I wide release, it, it beat out uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy had previously held the record. Did that come out this weekend, the same weekend um, last year? Maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was for something in the month of September, but I don't remember The Mummy coming out in September, but I, I could be either. wrong. It was very forgettable all around. But it either was. way, $24 million, even though it came in first, it was, that's not good. No. Uh, the Nun made an $18 million. Its total is up to $85 million, which is very good, but... That $18 million represents a 66% drop from first weekend to second weekend, which I predicted on this very episode last week. Um, you, you and everybody else, but yeah, yes. for sure. Uh, a Simple Favor, uh, the Paul Feig movie with um, Allison Brie and Blake Lively. Is that her name? No. No. Allison Brie? No. God, I'm getting all of my actresses confused. Anna Kendrick check and yourself before sorry. you wreck yourself co-host i get i get anna kendrick and allison brie mixed up okay i feel like you need to offer at least a thousand apologies for making fun of me for the ones that i get confused no like because you, there's you a and mcgregor <laughs> and jude law because there is n- there is a huge gulf between allison brie and anna kendrick they're both very cutesy they they both have big eyes but they're still very different people mm-hmm. both and i nice. love them equally and differently all right anyway so it's who is it again anna kendrick and is it is it blake lively it is blake lively okay you got that part right okay and it made 16 million dollars on like a 19 or 20 million dollar budget so it's doing fine and i've heard it's pretty good um white boy rick made eight million dollars in its opening weekend which is not terrific but i think that movie might like pick up steam slash get an awards push so i'm sure it'll make its money back eventually and then it's not part of the season run right now, but I wanted to rent, mention that Crazy Rich Asians made another $8 million. It's up to $149 million and has yet to drop more than 40% in a weekend, including this last weekend when it, it actually dropped less in this weekend than it did the weekend before. I think the weekend before was $40.1 million, and this weekend it only, I'm sorry, 40.1% is what it dropped, and this weekend it only dropped 33%. So it, this movie is like, has crazy like legs it's making a lot of money um this upcoming weekend there's a new michael moore documentary coming out called fahrenheit 11.9 i don't give a shit triple hard Um, pass yeah uh there's the movie that we're going to review called the house with a clock in its walls which i've heard is really good and did you know is directed by um what's that guy i don't like um the horror version of bay no it's the horror version of Zack snyder eli roth 
Eli Roth mm-hmm. directed this movie, but it's a kids movie, which is very interesting. Uh, but I've heard it's good, um, so we'll see. And then also Life Itself is coming out, which is a new kind of like romantic drama comedy from the same guy who makes that show that everyone cries about. Um, this is Us. This that is one? Us, yes. Okay. Um, and the it's buzz coming generic out generic titles. This is Us, yeah. Life Itself. Good God. Right. It's like the, you're inside the, a Hallmark the, card. The, the buzz coming out of Toronto is that it's got a lot of the same overwrought emotion as This Is Us, except that it's terrible and it's kind of funny because it's so terrible. So we'll Can see. Can you explain why you wanted to reference uh, a specific Canadian city um, and what its residents oh, think? Oh, uh, because over the last like two or three weeks, the Toronto International Film Festival was going on, oh. and TIFF is typically where. Uh, the Oscar season begins and all the big oh. movies for the fall and winter come out um, or at least are screened uh, they have their premieres so Life Itself was screened there also First Man also um, the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga movie um, the new movie by Barry Jenkins the director of Moonlight um, a whole bunch of movies oh the new the new Steve McQueen movie which looks really good called Widows um, it looks kind of like the serious version of Ocean's 8 Um it's with a really terrific cast, like the whole bunch of really like uh, prestige important movies uh, premiered at TIFF. And so there's, there was all this buzz coming out of the Toronto International Film Festival. And this was one the of the adjective that had form really of negative. prestige is prestigious, not prestige. What? <laughs> you said prestige. No, I didn't. I said pres- prestigious. No, bro. Oh, bro. prestige. Like, I was adding, like, a Y to the end of it. Yeah, the way but I you would were say, making it yeah. an adjective when there's already a, a word that occupies that space. <laughs> Whatever. I like, to add the, I like to add a Y to things that don't need to have a Y added to them sometimes. You're a very smart e person. Yes. Anyway, there you go. I, I don't have I a seasonal you, movie wager update oh. because there's not there's not a point in having one right now. Mm, that's true. Oh, my voice just cracked. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. Uh, cool. Well, uh, you should follow us on social media, despite the fact that uh, I have apparently retired from Twitter. Um, <laughs> I don't know what has gotten into me. I will return to it. Today would have been a really fine point to return to Twitter because uh, the trailer dropped and I could have talked about it. But, uh, yeah, I just, I've just i kind of avoided Twitter and I've, I've felt better about my – except sports Twitter. I spent a lot of time on sports Twitter. But you guys aren't – you're not on sports Twitter because it's not a, a sports show. No. I mean, I, I try my hardest to make it kind of one, but unsuccessfully. All right, but anyway, yeah, follow us on uh, on the various forms of social media. You can follow the Twitter account at DamnConPod. You can follow me uh, at AdultOnsetNerd. Um, Ryan, do I dare say that they can follow you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter again. Would you like to give out that handle? Because I don't remember what it is. Yes, it's at Encouraging Ryan. At Ryan Send Nudes. Pretty <laughs> sure that's what it is. No. Uh, you can also email the show, Damage Control Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and all those things. We are not, however, on LinkedIn. That's important to note. <laughs> that would be pointless. We're not making professional networking connections via the podcast. No. Ryan, do you hear that? Hear what? Okay. That sound that sounded canned. That's right. That sound that sounded canned can mean only one thing. It's time for the damage control roundup. 
Um, and yeah, Ryan's gonna go because as you as you'll find out soon, I I have nothing to add to this segment, which is probably good because we're running late. Yeah, I have two things on my list. Uh, the first is American Vandal season two. Uh, that came out on Friday, and it's only eight episodes, and each episode's only about a half hour long, and I managed to watch all of it over the weekend, because I love that show. Uh, this is created by Dan Peral and Tony Ascenda. Uh, it, the only people coming back from season one are Tyler Alvarez as Peter Maldonado and Griffin Gluck as the other kid. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, important actors on the show this season are Travis Tope and Melvin Gregg. Um, so John and I both really liked American Vandal season one. We've spent like a lot of time talking about it on the show, uh, this time last year. And so I was highly anticipating season two coming out and I got to tell you, it does not disappoint. Uh, it's very good. Um, I wasn't super into it the first like half, like it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I didn't quite get what they were doing in the first half. That was I didn't, I didn't understand what they were doing until later, and it seemed like they were just kind of like repeating the parody of true crime without adding any interesting commentary or message. Or Because the, the thing that was so impressive about season one, aside from the really great acting, because there was also like acting that was way... The, the, like the actors were sort of outclassing the show, uh, or at least the premise anyway. But like they, they, they like commented on the idea of true crime in a very interesting way and you kind of fell in love with the characters and like all kinds of stuff and I wasn't I mean I was interested in the characters but I wasn't really seeing any of the the, 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 the meta messaging or the commentary I wasn't getting any of that and then in the second half of the season I was like oh and I realized what they've been doing all along and I was like this is very interesting like in particular the last two episodes get very very good and sort of recontextualize a lot of the first half of the show for me um, so they're definitely parroting a different style of true crime which is interesting so the first season was more of like um kind of like a serial sort of thing they were like discovering the the mystery as they went along or discovering information as they went along and this season is more in the mode of something like the jinx where um in the world of the show the filmmakers sort of have gone through all of it before they even release an episode and so they're they're like build-in cliffhangers in a way they wouldn't have been able to if they were discovering it as they went along and stuff um, so it feels a little bit different in that way. Um, they also build in this whole like meta narrative about how um, in the world of the show, like Netflix picked up American Vandal and gave them a budget to like redo a bunch of the visuals, um, which is why um, the season one of American Vandal looks so impressive for high schoolers. There's even, like even a little thing where they like show you what the original version looked like. And it's a little bit more low rent than what we saw last year. Um, and then that of course informs the production value of season two so there's like really slick looking um not remakes uh what's the word i'm looking for uh reenactments uh the the interviews are lit in a very stylized way with a really cool looking background anyway i think it, it brings the characters again it brings the smarts again um it brings the juvenile humor again um and then in particular trap excuse me travis tope plays the character who's like the uh, the accused this time and he's a very different kind of character uh than the person playing that role last time and melvin Gregg plays like the star athlete and he's very good on the show so if you're a fan of season one i would definitely recommend watching season two cool i didn't listen to any of that but that wasn't because uh -huh. i wasn't interested it's because i didn't want you to ruin anything i said this when i maybe this was off air but 
Uh, I feel like I've seen, I saw no announcement on Netflix that season two was there. Season one did so well. I felt like it was like a viral sensation. The dicks were everywhere, man, and I saw nothing for this. So I don't, I don't know if I, if I threw off my Netflix algorithm in a year's time. So it was like, oh, don't even make that recommendation to John. He's got no time for something so trivial. But I don't know. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, do it, man. We'll talk. What about if? It. You know, since they're spoofing on true crime and stuff, uh, and just, you know, maybe they just continue, not necessarily with true crime, but in documentary styles in general, and they did a kind of juvenile, who did the dicks version of Wild Wild Country. Oh, that would be, yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be very interesting. Yeah. If you, if uh, Netflix, if you end up using that idea, please call me. My number is, no, okay. Well, since uh, Wild Wild Country is a Netflix property, I'm sure they've considered it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Who who did Wild Wild Country? It was the brothers? I forget their names. Um, Duplass. Du- Duplass brothers. Du- du- Duplass, 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 whatever names. You're having trouble with names today, John. No, I'm just cho- I'm just recognizing the fact that I can pronounce them however I want. But that the problem with that is there's so many possibilities. I feel like I have to say them all. Uh, I just put a placeholder on the run sheet for my section of the roundup because I really have nothing to talk about. I feel like I've been busy, uh, football season, other things. So I really have nothing. Ryan inspired me to rewatch season one of The Good Place. It is still very good. And then I got kind of caught on a tangent that was inspired by that. One of the actresses in a small wor- a small role. Um, okay, so, and I'm, I can't remember... I'm bad with names, but the uh, the tall English one who's like model attractive. Tahani. Forget her character. Tani. Tahani. Yeah, she has a sister that she can't stand because she's like, I don't know, an artist slash prophet kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a cultural icon. Anyway, the, the woman who plays Tahani's sister is Rebecca Hazelwood, and she was in the short-lived show on NBC during the, the height of NBC's Thursday night of The Office and Community and Parks and Rec uh and yeah uh they had this show called outsourced and it was inspired by a movie that came out in 2006 yeah. that did fairly well on had, have you seen outsourced the movie i've seen at least half of it i feel like i watched okay. half of it with my parents or something i know what you're talking about it, it did pretty well on the um the like the film festival circuit it, it won awards and was a toronto international film festival or tiff as those in the industry like ryan call it it was a it was an official selection anyway uh so yeah the show in 2010 i remember liking it but it's one of these things the whole premise is that this guy um gets uh he he works for a call center that sells like stupid novelty goods in america uh they get outsourced his that whole enterprise gets outsourced to india uh and so he goes to india to mumbai i think to to manage this call center and so because it's dealing with like a, a predominantly Indian cast or whatever, supposed to be an Indian cast, uh, it always treads a very fine line on whether or not it's, it's gone into like stereotypes and being inappropriate. But it's a show that I actually I kind of liked it. It had charm to it. Some of the jokes were, were pretty weak and it was a lot of low-hanging fruit stuff, but there were some really inventive moments. And so I've been re-watching that, even though it really there's no reason I should be. Um, it uh, Ken Quapis, who was really involved in the first couple seasons of The Office, uh, he he was an executive producer on the show, and it was created by Robert Borden, who was like a writer for the Drew Carey Show and for George Lopez. But sadly, Outsource was the last 
credit on his IMDb. I don't think he's dead. Uh, maybe that was just a rough way to go out. So anyway, it's on Hulu. Uh, no one's going to watch it. I think at the time people were shocked that I liked it as much as I did. But uh, there, was something, uh, there was something charming about it. Have you seen the original movie? Yeah. Okay. It's been a while, though. It's been a while. And, and the movie's very different. The movie's very... I mean, they take the element of the movie that's the love story, and that's weaved into the first... Uh, the first season but as you can imagine it's mostly just a lot of like fish out of water adjusting to indian culture and uh obvious uh, over the top stereotypes but all that aside it's 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 not bad it's not bad i wish it I had gone at least a a season or two more but it was never going to make it so sadly one of those sitcoms that uh got taken out to a beautiful farm where it can run and hang out with all the other old retired sitcoms and stretch its legs and et cetera. Et cetera. Alrighty. Uh, tell next us, on my tell us about all the boys you've loved before, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this funny to you? I have on the next on the list. I have the, the the title of the movie is to all the boys I've loved before, and then after that is an arrow. And John wrote LOL in all caps. Why is it funny? It was just funny to see it in the run sheet. I mean, I know it's a thing, but it's just a funny thing to read, and it set up that moment where I gotta ask you to tell us about all the boys you've loved before. Tell us. I will tell you. So this is a Netflix original movie directed by Susan Johnson. Written The screenplay is written by Sofia Alvarez, and it's based on a book by Jenny Han. It stars Lana Condor, Noah Centineo, uh, Janelle Parrish, John Corbett, uh, who you'll know from lots of things, including uh, Sex and the City, and Israel that's Broussard. Not, when you say that's where you'll know, you weren't talking to me, were you? You were talking to the listener? You haven't seen Sex and the City, John? It's a great show. No. I mean, No. No, it's, you should watch it. It's good. It's very good. I'm good. There's other all things right. on the list. All right. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't be watching it because it has an all. You wouldn't like be refusing to watch it because it has an all female cast, would you? No. Why would that factor amongst my decision making? I don't know. Why were you laughing so hard at me watching a romantic comedy about a teenage girl? It, it's not that it's a romantic comedy about the, a teenage girl. It's just got a really sappy title, and it was just funny to see it on the goddamn run sheet. Okay, get off my dick. <laughs> all right so to all the boys i've loved before is about a girl named laura jean who's a korean american uh high school student she's in her junior year of high school why she got to be korean be- because she is and it's central <laughs> to the plot sorry i was trying to you know you were trying to get me into a bear trap mm-hmm. i was returning the favor got it so the sort of setup of the movie is that uh, Laura Jean has, like, for her whole life been too scared to talk to boys. Like, too, it's she gets real anxious. She can't handle it. But she does develop these, like, really intense crushes. And so the way that she sort of deals with it is by writing love letters to these boys and then keeping them in a hat box. Um, so they're, like, secret letters. And uh, one day her little sister is, like, going through a room and finds them and mails them. Uh, and so now she has to, like, deal with these uh, these boys in her life sort of, like, all of a sudden realizing oh, this girl has feelings for me, right? Um, and one of them is this guy named Peter. I think it's Peter, uh, who uh, is like a school jock and is also like the boyfriend of her frenemy or whatever. And they have just broken up. And so he's like, hey, look, I'm not I'm, 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 not into you that way. And I just broke up with this girl. But like, if you and I dated, she'd be really mad and I might be able to like get 
get back with her because she'd be jealous. And she has a reason to also want to be pretending to be in a relationship because there's another guy that she's trying to avoid having a conversation with about her feelings. And so they do like one of those like movie trope things where like, okay, we'll both agree to pretend to date because we both have our own reasons for doing it. And then the movie's sort of about them pretending to be in a relationship and kind of what happens as, as you move forward. Um, and it is fucking adorable and charming and funny and uh, sweet uh, it, heartfelt like it's it's got its heart in the right place it is it develops the characters in all the right ways like you really care about everybody in this movie it's just delightful um, I, I really liked it a lot John Corbett plays her dad um, this girl uh, has John Corbett is the dad she had a uh, her mother uh, was Korean American, but died before the events of the movie. So she's, you know, he's a single dad, and she's dealing with not having a mom and all that. And I don't know, I, I really liked it a lot. I had heard a lot of really good things about it, and that's why I gave it a shot. And uh, I think it's really, really good. So if you like, you know, teen romantic comedies, or you are in the mood to give something like that a shot, I'd highly recommend this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know me, I like my young adult stuff. So yeah, it's a young like adult thing. That yeah. I would appreciate. Yeah, that's it a totally genius would. concept. Was this a book before it was a movie? Yeah, dude, I literally just said that. You don't listen to anything that I say. The it's even on the run sheet. Jenny Han wrote the book. I'm back. Sorry. What'd you What'd you say? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a brilliant premise. The idea of someone sending out uh, those letters. That's that that that's a book right there. That's a solid idea. I'm jealous of that concept. Uh, John Corbett, yeah, this is sad for me to admit, but I recognize him from my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah, yeah, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah, that's probably what I should have said. People really know him from that. He also, if you ever were a fan of the 90s, I guess it was a drama because it was an hour-long show called um, Northern Exposure. Uh, Mm. He played the town DJ in Northern Exposure. Uh, He's kind of like a Greek chorus philosopher kind of guy. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. I forgot I was going to tell you a brief, uh, in my fashion, story about why I don't, or something I, that could have been in my roundup list, but did not make it because I absolutely pulled a John, which that, that phrase can mean a lot of different things. It can mean setting your face on fire, for example. I don't, I don't encourage that one. Again, I'm saying what happened, but I'm not saying what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. Pulling a John in this case meant uh, enthusiastically renting a movie from Redbox and then realizing, like, wait, I'm not going to be able to watch this tonight because i got to go see Predator tonight, so I guess I'll watch it tomorrow. Oh, no, that's not going to work. So having a movie checked out for, like, three-ish days and then never watching it, and it (laughs) was going to be something for you more than anything because I rented... Did you try to watch a ghost story again? (laughs) <laughs> no, that one's that one's never that one's never gonna happen. No, but I rented Hereditary and I didn't get around to watching oh, it. Oh, John! I know I was in the mood for a, a horror movie, but I had to go see Stupid Predator and a waste well, of time and money. Rent it again and watch it so we can talk about see, it. See, but yeah, but now it just it's like I, I spent that money and I got nothing, and now I have to spend the money again. I mean, <sighs> you could obtain it other ways. What do you mean? Having already spent money on it once. What do you mean, Ryan? What does that mean? I mean, you should download it illegally. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay. Okay. Netflix is not going to be calling me with a job offer now. Thanks. No probs. Uh, ooh. I accidentally 
called up Siri on my iPad here. That's not going to work. That'll do it for this awkward end to an episode of the Damage Control Podcast. And this installment of the Damage Report, what is next from us? That would be The House with a Clock in Its Walls. I'm not a big fan of saying or writing that title, but that's what it's it is. It's a terrible title. <laughs> it's not a great title, but I get it. Is it is it based on a book? It, it is. Seems like a, it is. Okay. It's also confusing because this summer – uh, there's a movie coming out that's a sequel to the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black, but it doesn't have Jack Black in it. <laughs> no, but the I trailer think for were the confused by this. Yeah, because like the trailer for this movie, The House with a Clock at Its Walls, it looks like it could be a Goosebumps thing. So it's very yeah. confusing. Yeah, I and I think people put Goosebumps two in their top ten for our seasonal movie wager group. Uh, and Goosebumps two has no chance of making the top ten. I'm just gonna say that very boldly and walk that statement back when it turns out to be wrong but i think people <laughs> I mean, were just confused if, if if it had had jack black in it maybe right, because but it does that it has that no first one. goosebumps like i don't know if you saw it john but it was no, a but cool it movie it was really fun oh, I, I didn't see it but i know that it made good money and yeah had had it had the same star power this time around maybe it makes the top 10 but no jack black went to a different house with a clock in its walls <laughs> uh, our opening theme song is kaiju by tribe one you can check him out on twitter at tribe one one that's at tribe o-n-e-w-o-n he probably tweets less than i do at this point and listen to his music at tribe one.bandcamp.com and now unfortunately because he's given me warning here's ryan with some closing thoughts <laughs> so i just wanted to give a shout out uh, a friend of mine just started a brand new podcast they only have one episode no, out right now no you're not but plugging i another am person's i podcast. am plug- plugging another podcast and the thing that's awesome about this is that it is the best freaking setup for a podcast i've ever heard it's so what? good it should have been mine and it will j- drive john crazy that it exists so I can't wait to describe what this podcast is. Yeah, it go. is it is called So Fast, So Furious. Um, if you've seen the Fast and Furious movies, you know that Dominic Toretto, played by the indefatigable Vin Diesel, um, lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Well, okay. the boys over at So Fast, So Furious are going to recap and podcast the Fast and Furious movies a quarter hour at a time. So every episode of this podcast is about 15 minutes of oh, a Fast and Furious genius. movie. <laughs> so I'm listening to the first episode right now. It's like a little over an hour long. And it's literally them just talking about the first 15 minutes of the first movie. And they're just going to like keep going with oh, this until okay. I guess I thought each episode, I thought each episode was going to be 15 minutes. No, which each there, episode there is, is about genius to that. But I get it. Yeah, yeah each episode. 15 minutes of the movie and so two there's three hosts and two of them are very familiar with the whole franchise and one of them has never seen the movies before so uh, he's having to watch the movies 15 minutes at a time over a series of weeks <laughs> that sucks <laughs> that part sucks that would be my role in this whole right. affair yeah these are I, people I think you know uh one of them is yeah it's the guy i went to film school with zach Peseda. he's he's a cool guy do you think he references on their podcast all the time that he went to film school I have no idea. He references on the podcast that he's a screenwriter. Mm, well, he's actually using that. Cooler than going to film, film school, school yeah. degree. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, well, I hope their podcast sucks. Oh, don't be a dick. It's awesome. It's really fun. I'm enjoying the first episode. So if you're a fan of the Fast and Furious movies, uh, definitely give it give it a uh, check out. It's called So Fast, So Furious. That's a, that, that is a genius premise. And this is why we might need a new concept. We might need to make a format shift because that is that is too good. 
That is too good. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm depressed now. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Ryan. No problem. No problem. After the earth-shattering conclusion, once justice is served, with the last possible moment, the world is again safe from the very brink of destruction. And we'll be here to pick up the pieces. He's Ryan. I'm John. I'm what? not going to read what you wrote for me. Aww. This has been the Damage Control Podcast. Thanks for listening. Game over, man. It was going to be awesome. I mean, you can read it if you want. <laughs> I had written, he's Yogi, I'm Boo Boo, let's go get a picnic basket. <laughs> okay, see, why will you say it like that, but when I tried to get you to say, like, rigatoni the correct way the other day, you refused. Because the rigatoni thing, the quote-unquote correct way, is it's the <laughs> racist. Wait, or wait a sec. Culturally insensitive. It's not racist. It's, uh, it's, it's culturally insensitive. I don't know if that's true. It is. It is. It is. It's one of the last few like like offensive stereotypes that it's apparently <laughs> is okay uh, to um, still do the really uh, the really like exaggerated Italian accent. Mm, that's a spicy meatball. Uh, I'm gonna press stop before I tell the story because it's gonna get me in trouble.